0: today we will be talking about the topic personal development i am interviewing don from the podcast mother daughter ish she talks about how she knew that she was different from the rest of her family when she was just five years old and she is the first millionaire in her family and she tells us how she did that so i hope you guys enjoy this episode welcome back to Mentally a Badass. My name is Justine. And today I have Dawn with me today. We're going to be talking about how she manages her issues through retraining her brain and using it as a support system. So welcome, Dawn. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Justine. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about this topic because anything that we can talk about to help another person, I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I truly feel like going through certain things in our past like you know growing up and such was really meant for us to help you know others who may not have like access to like certain resources and such like that's what i truly I believe in yeah oh yeah of, so what i would first like to talk about is to understand like your per your like the reasoning of your your purpose like like what what made you like if you if you don't mind like opening up about like Absolutely. the reasoning of when of what you're doing today
1: I can tell you, and, and and when your listeners hear me say this, they're going to think about it and have like a mm, type of moment. But for mm-hmm. me, I know that every part of why I am the way I am, I'm talking about even down to a cellular level, I am the way I am because of the position I was in my family. I am the baby of five.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you can imagine being the fifth child, and it's like you've got to almost... You've got to almost see through the weeds to even be able to understand where your position is. I think I probably, Justine, was about five years old uh-huh. when I realized that I'm different. I realized that, wait, I've, I don't have to stand out to do anything. I can just be who I am. And mm-hmm. I don't have to compete with anything. And, and, you know, I'm like that today. I don't compete for anything. I don't compete for business contracts. I don't compete for attention. I don't compete for anything. And I know that all of that is because being child number five, let me tell you something. It is very interesting. And I will also tell you that it gives you that extra oomph to be able to be strong enough to set your own pace of what you want to do. Because you've got four, I had four other people ahead of me that already got all of the attention. And then Mm -hmm. being child number five and getting all of the attention that I wanted, but not being able to really relate to my older brothers and sisters, I kind of had to make my own way, kind of had to make my own decisions about how I wanted to be treated, how I wanted to be talked to, how I wanted to be handled. And so when I say, you know, retraining my brain to people, they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, we have to retrain our brain so that we can be the individual that we desire to be. Because if we just take, for example, me being the fifth child, if I decided to be like my older sister, then I would be like her. So mm-hmm. if, I decided to have, if I decided to have the attitude, you know, of being the person who my older brother was, then I would be a little bit of them. But for me, I decided I wanted to carve out a lane for myself mm-hmm. without having to be like any other person, but to just know what I believe in, what I don't believe in, what I stand for, what I don't stand for what I think and what I don't think, what I like and what I don't like. That's a lot of work. But I know yeah. that I was able to do all of that work because of the amount of reading that I've been able to do. And right. in the, I can tell you um, when I started my first business in 1998, after I left corporate America, the first thing I dove headfirst in was reading. I wanted to read everything in the world that I could on uh, positive mental attitude, on personal development, on, Uh, Confidence, just all of those things I wanted to read about. And then you also have to sprinkle in a little bit about forgiveness Mm -hmm. because you have to realize that forgiveness is really not about the other person, but it's really about you. So it took me a long time to realize that I can forgive someone without having to go to them and announce it or having them involved in it, but I can have my own peace of mind. So that retraining of the brain is not something that you just wake up the next morning and do. It's something that you have to take your life to actually do it. And I'm almost 50 now. So mm-hmm. I've got, you know, 20 something years of retraining my brain and, and, and having a more positive mental attitude and things like that. And I'm like everybody else. Every now and then you get down in the dumps. But I think that if you put things in place that can mm-hmm. help you get through it, I'm not saying you're not going to go through it. I'm saying put something in place to manage it.
0: Yeah. So yeah. did you say when you were talking in the beginning, did you say at five years old you decided um that that you were different and that you want to take your own path? Did I hear that correctly?
1: Not decided, but I noticed. Oh no, okay. So noticed, when you're five, I noticed, that is... I noticed wow. that different. That's impressive. I noticed, yeah, I, I noticed and, and the reason I remember that is because I was talking with my daughter the other day about like, when do you, when did you realize that you were like a person? Like when did the light bulb. When you were realized you were a person? Yeah, yeah. Looked- cause she, cause I have a, I have an older son and he says, mom, I remember when I was four years old, he said it was like the light bulb came on and I realized, yeah. wow, there's people around me. I'm actually a human being. Like I have toes <laughs> and fingers. I said, wow, that's interesting now. But then my daughter said that she has a friend who remembers coming through her mother's birth canal. No way. I don't (laughs) laugh about it because I used to love to watch this show called Monk, and Monk Uh said the same thing. He said that he remembered coming through his his mother's birth canal, and when they did a hypnosis thing on him, he literally went through all of the phases of being born. That's definitely. I, I don't discount it when people say it, but I know that for me, I can remember the dress I was wearing, the little shoes I was wearing at five years old when I realized, wait a minute, and I had a Barbie in my hand, and that's my first memory of being a kid is then, and that's my first memory of going like knowing what I liked and what I didn't like and who I liked and who I didn't like and who I wanted to be around and who I didn't. And I had opinions at that point so that I can remember. So, you know, some people, they remember that and some don't, but I can tell you for me, my light bulb moment of realizing I was a being (laughs) was was at five years old. You know, I try to think if I knew anything before then, but I know for sure I did not know anything before then, so. Yeah,
0: I would say my first memory is probably maybe like six, yeah. Um, because I remember first grade, you wanna, like, it's going to sound really kind of sad, but like my, one of my first memories is, um, it's going to sound actually kind of like really funny and stupid, so <laughs> when I was in first grade, there was this boy I had a crush on, right, and uh-huh. then I also had a best friend, her name was Justina, and uh-huh. people heard that I had a, a crush on this boy, and they went to tell the whole class. And then, you know, oh. you know what I did? You know what I did? Mm-hmm. I threw, I threw my best one on the bus. Like, oh no, it's Justina, and like we're uh. both pointing at each other and like realizing this now. I'm like, yeah. I'm 26 now, and I'm like, yeah. did I really just throw this girl under the bus? And like, yeah. you're like, oh my god, I think I actually, I think I may even have her on Instagram. I should <laughs> like reach out to him, be like, do you remember when I like told her when you he like Christian and um.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're so supposed to have that memory, and though, because I was, it makes you.
0: I was crying, too, because I felt <laughs> like... No, I was, I was, I mean, I was a kid, you know, I was like crying. I was like, no. And then like, I cried throughout the whole lunch period, right? I cried all lunch periods. <laughs> and then I didn't eat because I was crying so hard. Oh, and then they're like, hey, you got to eat. So what they did is like, they put me in my sister's like lunch period. And she, at that time she was in eighth grade. And then my sister's like, oh my God, like how embarrassing. And then my, her friends were like, Aww. oh. And, and I mean, honestly, like, I think the way, like, just. You know, I didn't really have that mindset that you had right now, thinking like at the young age, thinking I'm different. I feel yeah. like for me, I always like knew I was different, but I don't think yeah. that I learned that until pro actually, no, I think I learned it probably when I was nine because I was like really bullied a lot as a child. Yeah. So I think yeah. like. People always called me, like, weird and stupid and, like, annoying and all of that. And, and so I think that's when I realized it. And, yeah. like, I didn't have, like, five siblings. I had one sister, but I had, like, oh, cousins okay. and such. Yeah, and yeah. my cousins, I was, like, pretty, I was the youngest. And my sister is six and a half years older than me. Oh, so that's yeah. a little that's
1: bit a of a, guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then my um, cousin, I think the closest one is, like, they're three years older than me or whatever they're all closer to my sister's age yeah so like at family gatherings they were always like wanting my sister versus me exactly. Um, exactly so I felt like a huge outsider growing up yep. Um, yep. And yeah yeah and then till, till today I mean I talk more to my cousins now because we're all like all adults and everything like that but I'm also the only cousin out of my family who who moved to a different state like, after yeah. I got to college, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm over Jersey. Like, I need something. Like, I moved to Florida by myself.
1: Right, 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 right. That's and a big old move there.
0: It is. And people even, like, say to my mom, they're like, wow, it's impressive. Like, Justine, like, just got up and just went to another state by herself. And I think, like, I've just always been that person that likes change. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I mean, obviously, everyone has their own life. And, you know, like, they have their own path. But all my cousins, like, I'm actually the only single person too, to be, like, (laughs) everybody in my family either, like, has a husband, is engaged, has a kid. Like, I'm the only person who is, like, single. And, like, I'm not even thinking about, like, relationships. it's to be different. It's
1: it different. is. And different. I
0: and feel I like think... I can relate to you on that way. Yeah, because... see, the it's... things
1: you went through, it built your character. Because let me tell you something. My my two older sisters, they would go in the bathroom and do their makeup and stuff. And they would lock the door so I couldn't come in. So <laughs> at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't really care. I don't have to be a part of it. And I'm like that today if I'm not invited to the party, I am so good with that because I'm different. Uh-huh. So that means that obviously there's going to be things going on at the party that you know I don't participate in. So it's just best for you not to invite me anyway.
0: Yeah, and honestly, it takes it takes real like maturity and growth to oh
1: feel goodness. that.
0: Because you oh know yeah. like people have FOMO, people feel like I mean honestly yeah. like the way that you grew up and having that mindset i think that's really like awesome like for me like it took me time to think like you do it took me until like my adult life to to basically have your mindset because i like i I told you i grew up like being very bullied for being different and instead of me just thinking like okay i'm different Mm -hmm. i was always just so down on myself and i was always thinking like you know i wasn't in the best like state of mind and you know i did a lot of reading too as well and you know personal growth is so powerful for your mental state and i've really retrained my brain and i also surrounded myself with people who had you know a similar mindset
1: which is
0: very you know very powerful and i just like you know love the power of the internet that brings people like that um together did did you have like any like like struggles of getting to that point or were you just like just already like born a badass you know what I
1: mean (laughs) you know what the only thing I can tell you that I really had a three-year struggle with is when I started incorporating meditating into Mm -hmm. you know life because I want I'm always on 10 20 30 you know what I'm saying like my daughter tells me just nobody wakes up with your energy okay just understand that and I can tell (laughs) you I've I've never tasted coffee in my life
0: no way I'm
1: drinking coffee right now I have never tasted coffee and, and I don't even have a desire to, it's just not, I, I've never tasted coffee, but she said, man, if you drink coffee, you'd be crazy. She said, I just understand how you wake up with that energy. And I say, it's just in me. But when I decided maybe about seven years ago, I decided that I was going to incorporate meditating because I needed a way to calm down, You know, yeah. not to be on 10 all the time. And it took me, Justine, it took me three years to incorporate meditating because when I first started, my mind was so busy, it wouldn't let me. I would be thinking about, oh, man, I need to go to the grocery store. I need to clean the house. I need to do that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, when I kept on trying, the next thing is, is that I couldn't quiet my mind enough to sit still. So then I'd end up falling asleep. (laughs) Then when I said, you know what? I'm just going to practice every day. Now, let me tell you, I can be in the airport waiting on my flight and I can just zone out and everything will get quiet and I can take a quick 15 calm meditation anywhere. I could be, I don't care if I'm outside in the wilderness because I travel a lot. I can just stop and enjoy the moment. And I'm going to tell you something that gives you such a peace of mind when you can literally stop and enjoy the moment breathe in the air and enjoy the moment it took me three years to get there so I could tell you I absolutely struggle with that I never struggle with the reading part as far as like reading and what I mean by reading is reading and comprehension because I'm one of those people if I read a book I'm going to comprehend it on wherever I am at that moment like for instance the reason I say where I'm at that moment is because every single year I read Think and Grow Rich. The reason I read that book every year in January is because it just kind of sets the pace for my year. But then also, wherever I am in my life, I always pick up a little new nugget. hmm And so yeah. yeah, when I read when I read books, I really take it on as a seriously. Like I can tell you right now, when I read all of Augmandino's books, by the time I'd read the last <sighs> book that I had on my shelf by Augmandino. I literally had withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. I was I wanted more of that because it made me so happy. It it gave me things to put in place for my life. It was just such an amazing series. He's I think he's got like maybe like seven or eight books of Mendino. And I, that's how I am with books is that I love them so much that by the time I'm done with them, I'm like, oh no, I cannot believe I'm on the last two pages. <laughs> like I, get, I get like, okay, I better have like five other books waiting for me because I'm ready to dive into the next one because this one was so good. But I do take a moment after I read a book to sit down and go back through the notes that I've either highlighted or checked or whatever. And then I look at what can I take from this book to incorporate into my life? Or have I already done these things? That's just how serious I am about books. So, yeah. And um, so for me, I know that. And one thing I noticed when I was a teenager is that no matter how happy you are, no matter how great everything is going, no matter how you keep your business to yourself, your mind is so powerful. Mm -hmm. that your mind will remind you of things or your mind will give you things to potentially oh that could be fearful you know what if if I did not have the things that I've put in place a lot of things that pop in my head probably would have taken over but because I've put the personal development piece in there because I've put the reading great books in there because I've incorporated listening to all genres of types of music my favorite when I'm really meditating or I'm calming down I love classical music but more so piano classical music I love piano
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and so I just have like these little nuggets of things that I incorporate in if I wake up and everybody I believe in the world has done this where you wake up and you're like yeah let me go back to sleep and start the day over <laughs> I I've woken up and said you know what I'm going to start this day over because I don't feel like myself. I didn't wake up with that extra bounce that I'm used to. So maybe today is just going to be one of those days. So then I'll mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to listen to an audiobook, or, you know what, I'm going to get busy with organizing something to just kind of get my oomph back or whatever. Or I just do what I tell myself to do. Just lay down and for another two hours and just see how you feel then. And um, I think putting things in place, Justine, is what really helps us. That I had a friend um, named Louise Dewey. She would always say, You know what? When negative things pop in my head, I say, Thank you for sharing. And she said, I move on.
0: (laughs) I love that. Thanks for sharing. Okay, bye. (laughs) She
1: told me this 25, 30 years ago, and I still remembered. And Louise is in her 80s, and we still talk today. And I always tell all the things that she taught me. And she's like, wow, I didn't know that made an impact. I'm like, yeah, you have to be careful what words you use around people because they do either inspire them or they take their joy. And one thing I never want to do is steal somebody's joy by saying something that maybe they don't love. Uh, My daughter and I, we started a podcast called Mother Daughter-ish, I-S-H. And Mm -hmm. we're using that girl as talk therapy. Let me tell you something. I have two daughters and two sons. Mm -hmm. I can tell you with my daughters, there's always something. (laughs) there's always something good there's always something not so good The, the girls are just girls we're just we're just like that okay so we started this podcast because we wanted to use it as talk therapy but we also wanted to get the conversation going with mothers and daughters so that we could keep the conversations going so we're talking about everything from boyfriends to to, to lessons learned, to adulting, to every conversation that women discuss, we're going to be talking about it. And we're using it, girl, as, like I said, talk therapy, just to continue the conversation so that when there are things going on, have that tool in place to still talk about it. Like, Justine, look, let's say you and I have a falling out today. Mm-hmm. I am the person that's going to call you and say, look, are we going to just be mad forever? or Are we going to discuss this? Now, whether we come to a resolution or not, I don't even care. Yeah. I just want to hear your thought process on how you felt about what I did or what I said hmm. And, and I just feel like having the conversation is better because I would hate to then meet you 10 years from now. And then you're like, see, 10 years ago, this is what you did. And this is how I felt. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I never knew. I never knew I did that. And I never knew you felt like that. But if you tell me these things and we have a conversation about it, I can't deny that in 10 years when I run into you again. Right. Yeah. So that right there also helps your mental health to not harbor any negativity because negativity kills you on a cellular level. I know this for a fact. It messes with your nervous system. It Mm -hmm. messes with your thought process. It Mm -hmm. can, you know, thwart all of your positive things that you're trying to do when you have, when you harbor negativity. I am allergic to negativity, so it can't touch me. I love that!
0: Oh my god, uh, quoting quote
1: that
0: I'm allergic to negative. It should be a T-shirt.
1: I I have a T-shirt that says I'm allergic to negativity. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah, I did it like ten years ago. I have like a little heat press machine in my office that I do. Like I come up with these crazy fun sayings, and (laughs) like yesterday I was I was about to go to sleep and something popped in my head because I was gonna do some T-shirts today, and my little phrase was I said it, I meant it, I represent it. (laughs) And I had to hurry up and put it on my voice memo on my phone because I know I'm not going to remember that. That was like at one o'clock in the morning, it popped in my head and I woke up and I just recorded it on my phone. And this morning I actually recorded it right. Cause sometimes I'm talking in my sleep. It sounds crazy, uh-huh. but, um, but I don't know. I just, um, I like positivity. And when I wear positivity, it just makes me have an extra bounce in my step. And every person I come across, Justine, they will tell you, you're not going to be able to talk negative to Dawn. She's not going to let you. She is going to give you a spin that's going to show you better. For example, I had a really good friend. I've known her since 2005. We met on MySpace. We're still friends today. MySpace. Yes, she called me and she said, my grandson has um, COVID and he's six years old. She said, and I'm, so, she said I'm so upset. And I said, well, what are you upset about? She said, I'm upset because he has COVID. I said, listen, do you not know who takes care of you? She was quiet on the phone. I said, listen, all of these prayers that you're putting up, all of this positivity that you're giving to your your grandbaby. I said, listen, you guys have family. You have prayers. I said, you, whatever happens, you can't do anything about it anyway. Mm -hmm. So why not you be there as a source of light for him instead Mm -hmm. of nervous and afraid for him, making him as a six-year-old more nervous and afraid. No, call him and say, hey, baby. Oh my goodness. You look so handsome today. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, come on, come on. No, 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 no. I don't let people get away with it only because I don't live like that and only because I don't want it on me and only because I just feel like there's always a better way to have things. To look at things, yeah. Exactly. I've had a lot of people die. I've had a lot of people to, to uh, be negative. I've had people that I've had to fire from being business partners with. I've had people that I have just had to say, you know what, you're no longer a part of my life and, and, and just absolutely <laughs> walk away from them. I've, I've had to do that. And not just, you know, people I've met in the world, but I'm talking about family as well. Yeah. So I think for our mental health, we need to be really careful about the people that are in our circle, rather they are family or friends. And, and I never you know, I, I hope your listeners don't get upset about me saying this, but I never worry about if they're family or a friend, either way it goes. If you're not on the same level as what I need you to be to have a conversation with me, that's more positive and not negative and gossipy and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are family. I don't want you around me. Yeah. I, I have no problem with saying no to family. I have no problem with saying I'm just not going to be around that person. I have no problem with limiting myself from being around things that just don't fit into what I know I want.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, people, a lot of people, some people when I bring up like the, you're the five people you surround yourself with, there's still people out there who didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And, and it's like, don't you agree that you, f- how, I don't know, this is going to sound bad or whatever, but like, I feel like the more I grow, um, the more, yeah, the more I grow personal growth and such, like, I feel like the lonelier I realize that, like, it's true. You do have it's that feeling when, like, when you're true. at a certain like level. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I feel like the people who are not at your level, it's just like you just don't like. It's just it's hard to find people that are looking to level up more of their life, it, and who just who just kind of like stay on that. And then it's also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like kind of like a little i feel like i get kind of frustrated very easily and i just think i it's like i don't want to think have like that kind of like ego where it's like oh i don't want you talking because you're not on my level like i don't want to think like that it's like
1: have you ever heard that phrase it's lonely at the top no no, so I haven't a,
0: actually.
1: There's there's a phrase that's been around for hundreds of years and it's called, it, it, it says it's lonely at the top. And when they say that they mean that in many, many levels. So one level is when, like you said you level up your mind and you're you're going your own way. It's very hard to find people who are authentically leveled up. You have people who fake it but they're, it's very hard to find authentic. But also in business when you're very, very, very successful, you change your circle of friends. And it's That same circle of friends is not going to be abundant like it used to be because most people that are very, very successful in their business, they're very, very busy. So that means that they don't have time to play around and go to clubs and do all things. And when you do talk to them, it's a very valuable time that they talk with you and that you talk with them. So that phrase, it's lonely at the top, when you start to reach, let me tell you something, when you start to retrain your brain and you start to decide that, you know what, there's better out there for me. There's a a better way I could think there's things I can put in place to make sure that this mental thing doesn't get me in the negative space. There's not a lot of people who hold strong. And what I mean by hold strong is you see them the same year after year after year, because I'll tell you the fakers can only fake for so long. And then you see them unravel. You see Mm -hmm. them unravel. I see it every day on different YouTube shows and stuff, people have their different shows up there. And then some kind of way, somebody will say something negative about them and they will actually care enough to respond and actually come out of character. And I say that if you can come out of character because someone said something negative about you, then you were never really in character anyway. Because there should be nothing that anyone can say to you you know, if somebody says, I remember when I had my podcast 2015 through 17, it was a business podcast, and people would say different comments like, "Oh, you, you know, you're only interviewing people that are millionaires and that are very, very successful, and you know, you guys are not thinking about the little guys." The first thing I would tell them is, "Thank you for the engagement." And second mm-hmm. of all, I would, in the second of all, I would say, the reason that I interview people that are like me, that have you know been successful in their business, is because we want to show the people that are not making those type of dollars or not connected with those type of people that one, it's possible. And two, if you retrain your mind to be successful, you'll be there as well. But you can't start with a negative attitude thinking you're going to be so successful because your negative attitude is going to turn people away from you that would even want to teach you how to do it. Yeah. I have clients all the time. I'm a business development consultant since 1998. And I have clients that will come to me and they'll say, hey, here's what I want to do. But I don't think I can do it because, you know, my wife said, you know, we don't have the money to do it, or we don't have the time, or you know, nobody oh, else. God,
0: can- God, yep, I love yep. the whole "we don't have time" excuse. My favorite one,
1: but no, no, my favorite one is so and so in our family said, "You know, nobody else in the family has done this, so what makes you think you can do it?" And
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, me excuse me, yeah. I'm the only one in my family who who does yeah. endeavors like I do. That when I, was,
1: uh-uh, when I was 25 years old, and I read "Thinking Grow Rich" for the first time. I decided at that point. I read it on a Friday and was done with it on a Sunday. Never stopped. Never left my house. I was just so intrigued with it. Yeah. And uh, Napoleon Hill book. And and on that Sunday, I said, you know what? I want to be the first millionaire in my family. So I called my mom first and I said, do we have any millionaires that have ever been in our family? She's like, uh, please, no. I said, okay, great. I hung up with her and I said, you know, I wrote my little plan and I said. I will be, not I want, but I said, I will be the first millionaire in my family. It took me three years to do it, but I did it because what I had to do is I had to put wow, look reverse, at you, girl. I had to put my reverse engineer plan in place, meaning, okay, I want to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire, but what do I need to do? the steps to do it? So yeah. I looked at what I was doing in business and what did I need to add to it in order to do that? And so I realized that business contracts was the way for me. So I ended up with multiple, multiple business contracts on consulting and speaking engagements and all that stuff. And within three years, I'd done it. And I said, OK, this is great. And from there, you do nothing but go up from there. Here I am. I'm 50 now. And I'm like, you know what? I'll never work as hard as I did uh, in my 20s and 30s and early 40s that you know, I'm working now. I'm working on purpose i'm working at a pace that i want to work at that i don't have to sweat i'm working on a pace where as long as i can pack up my computer and my iphone guess what oh and my ipad because i love the ipad i can pack (laughs) that up and i can work from any corner of the earth i don't have to be accountable to anyone because one thing my clients have never asked me is where are you at doing my work they've never asked me that as long as i get it done as long as i can help them as long as i can do my coaching calls every day nobody cares what island i'm on okay so that's what yeah. I created for myself now. But it took all the work that I had to do in my 20s and 30s to even yeah. make that possible, that I could be anywhere, I could live anywhere, I could visit anywhere. And as long as I have Wi-Fi, I'm good.
0: Wow, that's amazing. you don't know why? Because I've been literally, because been want- they, they say that when you hang out with millionaires, you could become a millionaire. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's Your so true. Changed. And another you thing, were- too. I was with my family, um, and I even thought to myself, like I, like I don't have any millionaires. At least to my knowledge, I don't have any millionaires in my family. My dad, my dad has a flooring business, and he has since nineteen eighty nine. So my dad is is successful on that, but I don't think he. No, he never became like millionaire status or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But so I'm like, okay, I don't think anybody in my family has ever been a millionaire. I should probably ask somebody, but I don't think. Yeah, so. ask somebody because I had to ask. And then. Literally, my sister told me to marry someone son who's a millionaire. I was like, no, 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 no honey, I'm going to be the millionaire. I'm like... I mean,
1: marrying someone that's a millionaire is great because that's a transfer of wealth, but you also want to be able to create your own wealth just in case that wealth does not get transferred because you can marry a millionaire, but they don't even have to give you the millions if it's set up like that in the agreement, you know? Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. But it's just
0: like, I'm the kind of person where I want to, like, be self-made Like, I don't want to be like, I mean, obviously, if I like, I I don't know, I'm not gonna obviously, I would never marry somebody for money, like, that's just like a death trap right there. So, I would, I mean, obviously, if I fell in love with a millionaire, that's a whole different story, but I, I rather be my own mate and be like the millionaire than like, you know, I don't know, be very independent person and. Um, what's your sign by the way your zodiac sign
1: i am an amazing libra
0: oh i was gonna say if you're gonna say leo i was gonna say oh my god me too
1: no no no,
0: no. i'm a Leo. I'm, a, I'm literally like a lion like I roar
1: really really well with leos um uh, the last person i dated was a leo and that was a great experience so now i love leos and um libras we pretty much get along with a lot of people We there's a couple of signs that we do not get along with that's been proven over and over but I'm on a bunch of different, on Instagram, a bunch of Libra websites, and I'm telling you, they, I mean, we know who we are. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a Libra, and um, you're right, though, when you hang around people that are successful, you do start to change your mind, you do start to think of, you know, what you can do better, they kind of give you a little insight, just in the conversation on who they are, what they do, what they believe in. And it's not even just about that, but you know, setting up a legacy for yourself is important because like you said, you could marry a millionaire, but that's still his millionaire legacy. You're just you know, getting the wealth transfer. But imagine- <laughs> Trophy wife. Your... Yeah, trophy wife. But if you have, your... and that, that'll be your legacy, trophy wife, or do you want your legacy to be millionaire trophy wife because you earned your own money? It's okay to be a trophy wife, but if you've got your own money, then you've got your own legacy, which your children can then take and continue to run with. I know for my legacy, I'm setting it up so that in a hundred years, they're still talking about me yeah
0: you know what i
1: want to do yeah that's what i've done in my business and um you know when i I had a tv show here in houston from houston texas and Mm -hmm. i had a tv show on our local channel and we had over a million and a million point four people that was looking Mm -hmm. at my show every saturday so i loved it the only thing i didn't love about it is For TV, you got to get made up every day. Podcasting, I could be in my pajamas with a head wrap on, and it wouldn't matter. So I chose (laughs) podcasting, and you know we'll do a couple of live shows or whatever. But I chose podcasting because I can just do whatever I want and be whoever I want without worrying about: Am I making the wrong move? Am I turned the wrong way? Is the lighting better here or there? And so for me, I, I just love this space that we're in with podcasting. So I have to congratulate you for being in the podcasting space too, because what you're talking about is very valuable to people. And I just feel like these podcasts and there's so many wonderful ones, but the podcast that you have, we're talking about, you know, being able to, you know, have a things in place with mental health, because whether you want to call it mental health or mental, whatever you want to call it, we all have a thing in us that Mm -hmm. takes us back to a space that we can remember that maybe we don't like so much or that was not kind to us. We have to have things in place though, so that we can manage that because the mind is powerful. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is very powerful and it does what it wants to do when it wants to do it. I can be yeah. mind my own business and doing so I could be cooking and singing to myself. And something will pop in my mind and I'll be like, okay, yeah, thank you for sharing. And I just keep moving on because I remember what Louise told me. Just when those yeah. negative things pop up, say thank you for sharing and move on. She said, because you couldn't control that it popped in your head anyway.
0: Wow, so that's that phenomenal. It. You know, my legacy, what I wanted, to, what I always told us, I wanted to be, I wanted to be like the Ellen of mental health. Meaning like, mm-hmm. you know how Ellen interviews all these people and such. Like, yeah, yeah, my yeah. topic is mental health. I was like, I would love to be – wouldn't it be nice to, like, have, like, a talk show, um, like, for mental health? Like, just focusing on mental health because we're still in a – like, there's there's mental health podcasts out there and, and people who are advocates and YouTube channels. But I feel like it would be nice if they can bring it more, like, mainstream. You know what I mean? Because right well, now, uh, like, mental health is not – like, they bring it – I mean, they, they bring it onto like – Uh, I mean, some, like, really famous, like, Selena Gomez is a huge mental health advocate, and she's mainstream, and they, but, like, they choose to do it because of their own, like, personal, like, past and such, and, like, they talk, like, they bring mental health and like, film and everything, but it's just so, like, raw, like, just, like, it's kind of ignorant of how they represent it, like, there's a couple of movies that I watch, like, horror, like, psychological horrors, the people who are, like, killing everybody, they're, like, at the end of the movie, they're like oh, she's diagnosed with bipolar, and I'm like, in my head, someone who is bipolar, I'm like, that is completely wrong. People, most people who have bipolar are not in danger to other people; they're in danger to themselves. Oh, yeah. So, okay. and just another thing too, like the show—I don't know if you heard of—Thirteen Reasons Why. The last season, they both with anxiety, but they misinterpret anxiety. They made it seem they basically diagnosed this guy with anxiety in therapy and they made him have like schizophrenia um symptoms for anxiety and then i was like thinking like okay this is like schizophrenia and then like oh you have you have generalized anxiety disorder and i'm like i'm literally watching this and i'm like are you kidding me so
1: wow
0: yeah so that's just like me Mm. as like a mental health advocate and someone who has like i have a psychology degree and like i dedicate my life you know a mental health and such and i just it's just in Hollywood. They make it. They make people who have
1: mental health illnesses as like someone who's crazy. Well, I don't know that show, uh, Thirteen Thing. I don't know Thirteen anything Reasons about
0: that. Why. It's on but, Netflix. But,
1: but I think it's terrible that they would um, do something like that because it's kind of confusing for anyone who's going through that, though.
0: Yeah. So um, what I like to the way I like to end it is just kind of like any piece of advice that you would like to close off to my listeners.
1: Absolutely. The one piece of advice I would say is start thinking about the one thing that you don't have to put all the things in in place that I've talked about, but start thinking about the one thing that you can do to have something to manage when those negative thoughts come up. But then also I would say, connect yourself with people that you can have conversations with so that Mm -hmm. they can help you through it. And not somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to feed the negativity, but someone who's going to help you to manage it. So that's what I would leave your listeners with.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm I'm really honored that you came on here to, you know, provide all this amazing knowledge. And really, I've never, like, I don't think I've ever spoken to, like, a millionaire before, to be honest. That's pretty awesome. I'm very impressed. And I feel <laughs> like you were, like, honestly, I feel like you were, like, just born a, a badass, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I
1: like that. I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how I see it. I'm like, okay, from what I'm giving those comments, she is born a badass. Definitely.
1: <laughs> there you go. I love it. I like
0: that. <laughs> of course. And I'll leave like all of your, like, you said you have a YouTube channel, podcast, all that good stuff. I'll leave that in the description. Okay. And, but yeah, thanks so much to all my listeners who have been listening to this episode. I hope you guys have a great evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time it is. And I will not see you guys see you guys i don't even know i don't know what to say for a podcast but but definitely come back for next week's episode all right so next week's episode we're going to be talking with Catherine, who is bipolar and proud instead of thinking as bipolar as having a negative impact in her life she sees it as positive which is super fantastic and i can't wait for y'all to hear